If you want to be more intentional about how you steward your finances, but you need some simple guidance to get started, my friends Bob and Linda and their book, Simple Money, Rich Life, is going to be an incredible resource for you. They make it not intimidating. They break it down really simply, and everything is taught from a biblical perspective. We had an incredible conversation about the book that I know that you will love. Let's listen in. You're listening to For Eternity and Until, where together we uncover how to bring heaven to earth in our everyday choices and live the life we were created for. I'm your host, Tori Mayhine, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this party started. I have my wonderful friends, Bob and Linda, here with me today to talk about this treasure that I'm holding in my hands. Their brand new book. It feels like I'm cradling a little bit of like a, a baby in my hands here. We are yeah. cradling a baby also. Oh, it, yes. Man, it was our here baby. We go. I know firsthand because I know you both well that this was a labor of love and yeah. perseverance. And so now that I'm holding it in my hands and now that I've read every page, I'm just so excited to talk about it because. For those of you guys who don't know Bob and Linda, they run a ministry online called Seed Time, and they are equipping believers with practical tools that they need to be able to walk in freedom in their finances. They have an awesome story. We're going to talk about it. But your book absolutely reflects the name, Simple Money, Rich Life. It was simple, but it was rich. It was just enough for me, who's someone who is very overwhelmed easily by financial things to pick it up and read it and go, this feels like they're talking to from one real person to another real person. You're simplifying it and offering me, you know, a practical roadmap to a rich and abundant life. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's exactly what we wanted. That's exactly what we prayed. Yeah. That's exactly what we fought three years to do. So um, that's so good hearing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so cool. Before I dive into all the content for the book, I'm just going to ask you some really fast paced, get to know you questions that you guys can both answer individually for all of our listeners who are just meeting you for the very first time. Okay. Okay. Lena, I'm going to start with you. Describe yourself in one word. Fun. Bob, how would you describe yourself? Efficient. (laughs) Efficient. (laughs) (laughs) which is the reason why they make such a great team (laughs) okay question number two where is your happy place you can both answer oh uh i think for me in the garden i think for me it's got to be hanging out with friends or just with bob on a date with bob yeah or maybe the mall or Or anthropology (laughs) maybe friends at the mall and then you hang out with bob afterwards it's like a whole connection yeah a coffee beverage of some sort a milkshake will do (laughs) i love it okay third question name something that you're obsessed with right now could be something small big in between uh this is hard say this is the caveat that we can explore another conversation but um probably cryptocurrency oh okay which he has an incredible course that's out there if you just want to plug that really fast yeah we just created well in our investing course we just kind of created a sub course on crypto um because i'm getting like a billion questions about it it's a huge thing okay so he's obsessed with crypto what are you obsessed with linda for me the thing that i can't get off right now is there are a couple places in my house that are really really messy and then i'm like i gotta get it sorted out 
That's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot. Okay, normally when someone, when I ask this question about what are you obsessed with, it's usually like, oh my gosh, this app that I'm using or this little thing. You're like, no, I'm obsessing about the mess in my house. I know. Is this what I'm getting? Pile of the kids junk. This also gives you insight into my personality. (laughs) I love it. Okay, next question. If you could only eat one meal forever, what would it be? And it's a meal. So Mm, it can, you know. My mom's Thanksgiving things. dinner. Really? That's yeah. that's a meal that feels like it could be diverse enough that you'd stay interested. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Thanksgiving dinner. I would say a really good chicken sandwich. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay. Final question. Then we're diving into the deep end. Finish this sentence. I feel most myself when I am fill in the blank on the beach. I feel most myself, this is vague and I can tighten it up a little bit, but when I am serving in the capacity that God created me to serve, uh, in which that's a better answer in which I think, uh, (laughs) just taking what God has, you know, the talents that he's put in us and just using that and like, as it's like flowing through us to serve other people, like that's where it's like, I just light up and I feel like alive, fully alive, you know? Love it. And she feels the same thing too. And That's I feel the true. same way on the beach. Like, yeah, Linda's like that, that but also on the beach. So let's just trans, <laughs> let's transport this conversation to a beach. We're beach. set. Yeah. Done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's dive in, share the backstory that led to writing the book. And what would you say is your main goal for the reader by the time they're finished with it? Well, yeah. And one thing I want to say before for anybody that's listening. So the book has my name on it, but really it's co-authored um linda's name should be on the front of it too like she yeah she she's probably what five ten percent of the actual writing in the i book. actually love whenever you encounter linda in the story she like inserts yeah. herself in a different font it's like a different font yeah. and it's more bold <laughs> and she's like yeah well what bob said and i'm just gonna offer my perspective here really fast it's like always made me so happy well yeah and i think that's one of the most valuable one of the things that sets this book apart so much from the thousands of other financial books but right anyway to your question, back to the story. So my journey began as um, a really foolish, like 20 year old who thought he knew everything about money, but just was a complete mess. Mm. And so I was um, the day before my 21st birthday, I was living um, on a sabbatical down in a town called Sarasota, Florida. And uh, it's day before my birthday. It was Friday. I had just gotten paid. I'm living in a beach town. I have a convertible. Like I'm living like I feel Instagram like there's a song. Dream, like you just like you know. listed off lyrics to <laughs> yeah. some sort of pop song out there. Yeah, but it's like it would have been perfect for Instagram. It just wasn't around yet, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and so I'm just having this wonderful day. I'm driving down the road. There's palm trees. It's like everything is perfect, you know. But the reality is, I was actually hiding my financial mess that I was. Yeah. And so as I'm driving down this road, the car just completely dies in the middle of the road so fast. I can't even pull it over to the side. There's a minor league ballpark right next to me. All kinds of cars are driving in. Everybody's of course, staring at me like, why oh is this dude stop in the middle of the road? As I'm sitting there, you know, start to try to turn the key, get this car going. And it's like, nothing's happening. And so I start pushing the car, like doing the thing, grabbing the steering wheel and holding the door and like trying to push it over the side of the road, which is not easy by the way. And especially yeah. when cars are driving by and you're like on um, a highway. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, it just wasn't ideal, but I finally get this thing pulled over to the side of the road. And as I do, I like go inside and close the door and I'm having this moment where I'm like, I'm in trouble. Like, cause it's not just that my car is broken down. It's that 
I have to pick up my two friends from the airport in the morning who, you know, are 45 minutes away at the airport. I got to do that. And then more, more importantly, I just got my paycheck and the whole, where I was going was to the bank to cash it. So I could pay my rent that was due that day. Wow. And I had three hours left. And if I didn't pay it that day, she was going to tack on a $50 late fee. And my paycheck was so small, I didn't have the extra $50. And so I'm not even thinking about tomorrow or the next week or the next month. Like I'm just thinking about this moment and how my whole financial world's kind of crashing down before me as I realize, finally admit that I'm a mess financially. And in that moment, I had my freak out moment. And I, I remember grabbing that steering wheel, like with everything in me and like tears are coming down my eyes as I cried out to God. I'm like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to fix this. Like I Mm. need your help. Yeah. Whatever I did to get here didn't work. My plan hasn't worked. So if you have a different path, like I'm I'm interested. I want to hear what you have to say, God. Yeah. And that's kind of where it all started for me. Wow. And so where did it take you? Like now you guys are in a whole different space. Linda, you didn't know Bob at this time, did you? No. From that point, that's kind of like where this book starts and like our whole journey. And you asked a question earlier about you know what we want people to get from this. Like yeah. We designed this book to, A, like you mentioned, be a book that someone like Linda, who has no interest in reading a financial book, will actually want to read <laughs> and be able to enjoy. Um, and like, you know, the whole thing about like the financial industry wants us all to believe that we have to be financial experts in order mm-hmm. to succeed financially. And it's just yeah. not the truth. Like there's a few things you have to do, like to just get in order. And honestly, we help you automate them with the book. And that's part of the thing is like, get a few of the things down, make them automatic and then get on with your life. Like you don't have to read a hundred financial books. Like you don't have to, you know, get a degree in finance to do decent financially. It's like, you just have to do a few things. And so that's what we tried to create with this book. Mm -hmm. Linda, share your come to Jesus moment. Cause it's so cool to hear both of your guys's backstories and then see how God is redeeming the story. And it's always in the midst of our pain in, in our story that leads us and points us to the purpose that God's going to end up using us uh, as a, as a tool for impact in the world, but share your come to Jesus story and background as well. Yeah. So I, um, I'd say my, my big moment was I was living in my parents' house. Okay. So I'm in my early twenties. Right. And I have a full-time job and maybe two bills, like a car payment and my cell phone bill. And I have racked up so much debt that I had debt collectors calling me. Okay. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like I'm living in my parents' house. Not only that, they weren't just calling my cell phone. They were calling my parents' house phone. Oh my. You, I mean, do you know how embarrassed I was? I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I mean, my mom answered the phone one time while I was at work. She answers the phone and I get home and she's like, so got a call from a bill collector today. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, I totally did the like, oh, it's fine, mom. Everything's fine. I have it under control, but really, I got I mean, it all. Yeah, I was such a mess. And I remember I was just telling someone the other day, like, Okay, so Bob, when he was in high school, he started playing guitar and he was like, yeah, I did it to like pick up chicks or whatever. (laughs) And the thing that I had been praying for was not a guitar player. I was praying for someone who was good at math. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't even have like the verbiage in my vocabulary to say, I need someone who can help me with my finances and who's going to be able to do good at this. I I need someone to pay off my credit card bills. (laughs) Anyone? (laughs) Who can I trick into marrying me? 
it's true. And he, he fell for it. Just kidding. Oh, man. So math is just not my strong suit. There's other ways that you can, like he said, have success and just do something really smart one time. You know, yeah. it's like if you can just get one system set up in place, then then it changes your whole life. Yeah, I just remember praying like, God, you got to help me. And that was my that was my out was to marry someone. So fast forward a few years later, you know, he he's actually happy to take over that mess. And I'm happy to let him. I'm like, I'll yeah. do whatever you tell me to do as long as I don't have to think about this ever again. Right. Mm. Well, a few years down the road, I started getting curious, you know, like I honestly let him do it for a long time. And you know, he, he's got this blog and he's talking to people about finances and all this stuff. And I, and he says, I want to go to a financial class. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That sounds like <laughs> the worst use of my time. Mm -hmm. And he says, please, will you go with me? I think it's really important just for the business. So at this point, the business is paying our bills. So I'm like, all right, for the business, I'll go for the business. So we go to this class and we leave. And I remember being like, Bob, why haven't we done this? Why haven't we done that? Why haven't we done this? And he was like, okay, newbie. Like I was like, I've been telling you this for years. <laughs> the light bulb Young went on. Young, yeah. yeah. But the light bulb went on, which for us was extremely unifying because now it wasn't just him kind of like dragging me along. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was willingly following him, I guess I should say, but now it was like the two of us were pulling this thing behind we were running us. We arm were, in arm yeah you know? yeah and it was really exciting because it completely changed our how we did our finances wow. from there on out yeah i think that's such a typical response especially for the women who are listening to this podcast is it's a typical response of going my husband can deal with it it's not my problem i see a lot of even like trending real sounds and things that people are laughing about on Instagram, where it's really actually this deep rooted, very destructive belief pattern around money. Oh, I'm here mm -hmm. to go spend my husband's money in Target. Yeah. And it's yeah. not my problem. And it's not my responsibility. And I'm not smart enough or efficient enough or able enough to be able to get some self-control around this. Yeah. So, so much yeah. of the things that we laugh about and we joke about are actually this internal, deeply rooted trauma and like places yeah. in our hearts that God really does need to heal. Yeah. Um, but for you, Linda, as a self-proclaimed spender and the fun mm -hmm. one, what yeah. would you say is the biggest piece of advice? Um, you mentioned one where you were like, just do the next right thing. But for someone who's sitting here going, I don't have any unity right now with my spouse. I'm totally overwhelmed. Money makes me want to cry. Yeah. Um, and I, and then the moment that I try to take advantage of like, here's my situation, going to do the next right thing. All it leaves me wanting to do is go down to the mall and buy another outfit. Cause I'm so stressed yeah. out and <laughs> whatever yeah. from even trying to like take control of my finances what piece of advice Verses that we're learning to these songs throughout our week. Just to our email. 
more talk about subscriptions, something to color, something to listen to, a project to do as a family, and even just the simple resource of having something to discuss without having to come up with it on my own is really valuable. If you want to check it out, go to www.talkaboutdiscipleship.com and use the code all caps eternity for one month free. One of the things that took me a really long time to realize was that even in those tendencies in myself of like, I'm the spender, I just want to have fun. I just want to go out and do something fun and spend money doing it. I realized that I actually had value to add. Yeah. And that even though it seems like this is a math problem, that's not actually true. Every decision made has to be based on what's best for our finances. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of people approach it. And they think when they go into their finances that they have to do it that way. But instead yeah. you could say, it is important for us to save to our future for our future. Okay. But it's also really important that I get to go out and have coffee with Tori. That's like super yeah. duper important to me yeah. that I have money to go do that. And it's totally. also really important to me that when it's Christmas time, I have money to buy presents for my kids. And it's also really important that I can get a pedicure once a month or whatever it is. Like, I think so much we think, well, we just have to make really, really good decisions. And we don't think, how does this actually work for my lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And how can I make it work better for, you know, our lifestyle as our, as a whole family? Yeah. I mean, the thing I would add to that, someone like me, it's easy for me to, a lot of the things she just mentioned, just say, well, it makes more sense for us to just save that for retirement. People like me, spreadsheet nerds or whatever we'll call mm -hmm. myself. Uh, it's easy to, because this is what I did when I first got married. I'm like, all right, you are just a runaway spender. Like you have no value to add to our financial life. Like, right. so just stay out of it. Like you're yes. not, you're not helping anything. Like you're just making things worse. That's what I thought. Mm. And God like showed me that she actually has a lot of value to add and specifically for me in our yes. financial life. Mm -hmm. And that was so eye-opening to me. I humbled myself to some extent to kind of like uh, yield to that because yeah. I discovered that my life is so much more enjoyable because she's in it, because I'm allowing her spend uh, happiness, whatever we'll call it, to <laughs> spend infiltrate happiness. my thinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> to allow my yeah. thinking to be uh, adjusted by hers. You know, right. so what that looks like for me is... Um, you know, and especially I, I had this thing just recently, I turned 40 years old and mm. I started realizing it's like, okay, we've done pretty well saving for the future, but like, I don't want to be one of those guys who gets to be 65 years old and whatever, $10 million saved up, but we didn't live while our kids were in our house. Right. And we didn't take them on vacations. And we, you know, it's like, I don't want that. Like I want to mm -hmm. balance it out. And I, yeah. and I think, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, there's something about that balance and she helps bring that balance to me. And at the yes. same time. Like I help bring that balance to her. And so yeah. this is what's so powerful about unity mm -hmm. in a marriage, like specifically yeah. with money. And I know it's not easy. I know like I, we talk to spouses all the time and we've been there like where it's like, you're just not on the same page and you can't even talk about money without fighting. Like right. I know how difficult that is, but still my encouragement would be keep praying mm -hmm. and keep fighting for unity with your spouse because don't fight your spouse, but fight for unity with your spouse mm -hmm. in this because it's such a big deal. Right. Yeah. The, the thing that I loved about your guys's book and the, and the perspective that you're definitely giving us a view into right now, even in the way that you're talking about it 
is that so much about the way that we plan around our finances and um, make a strategic plan of action that is balance of fun and efficiency um, is by attaching the entire process to a greater picture of what God is doing and causing you to become who he's causing you to impact what mm. he's actually calling you to go out and do. If we are a collective exactly. church who has only a box of, you know, a box of bills and just enough money to get by for the next month, then we're really limited in our ability to be able to say a very bold and yes. confident yes to whatever God is asking us to do. So mm -hmm. attaching this whole process with your spouse or if you're, you know, if you're not married between you and the Holy Spirit to go, what is the vision and the purpose that God is painting for me? And how do my finances play a role in helping to allow that process to happen? So at the end of the day, we are going to die and leave everything physically that we have yep. gained in our life behind us. I think about this all the time. I mean, maybe it's a little morbid. I don't think it's morbid. <laughs> I think it's wisdom. Someday yeah. my little sack of bodily flesh is going to be put into the ground and I'm going to deteriorate. Linda knows this. I took her out to dinner once and <laughs> I talked to her about death for like 45 minutes. She's like, so I'm fun, Tori. I don't know what you were wanting out of this friend date, but like, you just are talking to me about dying for like entire oh hour. Talk about death. And I was like, I'm hours. sorry. I'm just in this place right now. Okay. I'm really contemplative <laughs> today. Um, but it actually puts everything into perspective of like, yeah. who cares if I die with a massive, you know, savings account yeah. and I wasn't obedient to what God asked me to do throughout the time yeah. that I have here on earth to live. And so when we're yeah. thinking about our finances playing an essential puzzle piece in the greater picture of what God's calling us to, it, it gives color to the black and white picture of spreadsheets and budgets and all these other things to know God is actually using these things. This is an important element. Yeah, true. I think this is something that um, that hasn't quite gotten there yet, even in the church. Like, I don't see yeah. in the world, right? You see Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. who, you know, has a ton of wealth, but it's all like in stocks and savings and, you know, whatever. Right. So you think, okay, so I either have to be super duper smart or I have to be one of the Kardashians <laughs> who strikes it rich and then i spend all that money on myself and making myself look a certain way totally Is yeah that, i mean do you think that that's oh what I my think. gosh my yes for a and long time i was scared of of money in general mainly because of what i picked up about the belief about money yeah. along the way growing up i had a perception of who i would have to be in order to have any extra in yeah. my financial world and yep. and then you have the church who either preaches the prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. where if you don't have a lot of money, then there's something wrong with your spiritual life. Yeah. And then you have people on the other extreme that say, no, a vow of poverty is actually the best for your spiritual life. Right. And it's like, there's, <laughs> they're missing the whole point altogether, which yeah. is, doesn't matter how much money you have, God always cares about what's in your heart. Amen. And if your heart's not right, then, it yeah. then none of that really matters to God anyway. And if your heart is right, none of it matters to him anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? The way we actually need to view this is that what we have is a tool. 
And if we really have given our lives to the Lord, then we know that everything we have is his. Right. And that has to do with our health and the stewardship of our children and Mm -hmm. uh, stewardship of our money. And for some reason, I feel like this one isn't talked about in that capacity. Like you can actually have the fruit of the spirit in money, like with your finances. Absolutely. Yeah. self-control it's it's not to tell you no you can't do things and that's that's the feeling we all get we like we seize up and we're like somebody just wants to control me you're it's right like, no that's actually just the fruit of the spirit because mm-hmm. if that money is really his then how does he want you to spend it yeah and probably you know there's other there's other uh fruits of the spirit like joy like it, mm-hmm. your money situation does not have to be a pain in the butt and something that makes you want to just yeah, not yeah. Deal with it, I have right? to tell you guys a little a little story because there's a couple things that stood out to me about the book. I had already done your budget course and we've used your budget, um, your budgeting format since like 2020. So now we're coming up on like almost completing our third year to the start of 2020. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be an element of breakthrough in my life. So I'm like researching, who can I ask? Who can I help? And I remember reaching out to you guys and being like, I need the course information. And it was so good. And again, so simple to follow. Um, And the only thing that I could actually stay accountable to for the last three years, which in and of itself is enough of a sales pitch to go, you need to go check it out because there's plenty of imaginary budgeting formats out there that I was like, in a perfect world, I'm going to make this amount of money this month. We're both self-employed, me and my husband. So everything is always shifting. None of the money systems worked for self-employed people that I Mm -hmm. would try. You know, there were a couple key things that I loved about the book. And to this point um, that you just made, Linda, about fruit of the spirit and love being a part of it, self-control being a part of it. One of the things that you guys encourage is that when you're budgeting, that you create a budget that's called a seed. I think you called it seed, seed, seed account, time yeah. or a seed account. So I finished reading the book and I was like, Oh, I love that. So, you know, I went through our little extra that we had in some extra budgeting and stuck it into a seed account. And it's just kind of been there. It's not much, but it's there. And my sister is, uh, this is her first year of teaching. I don't know if you guys know this, but teachers actually yeah. have to provide all of their own materials for their classroom. It's ridiculous. Like they get paid basically nothing. And then they show up to their classroom and all the decor and the books and the pillows and the crayons and the everything has to be provided by the teacher. I didn't Um, know that. So (laughs) I know it's not terrible. Like there's some key things, you know, but she's like, I've got hundreds of things that I need to get done. So she created an Amazon wish list or whatever. And I went shopping with her. And because I had my seed time account, I was able to just confidently be like, this, this is my seed investment into yeah. you is like not much like an extra hundred bucks. She's like, let me pay you back. I'm like, no, this is from my seed budget. Like I'm planting yeah. seeds. You're going to impact these, these kids. It's mm-hmm. money that was set aside for this. It's a blessing to be able to offer all this stuff. Let me come and help you decorate. And yeah. when you're planning proactively and going, who do I want to be able to be? To where it's not this, will I be able to pay my bills if I help my sister out? Yeah. It's it's just the confidence of going, I have a plan that is, you know, giving me the confidence to say, yes, I can absolutely help with that. Didn't it make it so much more fun? It really did. And I think it's more fun because 
it was already there for that purpose anyways. I'm not yeah. being unwise. Yeah. Like there's been other times in my past life experiences where someone would ask or have a need and it would be a question of, do I, is it wise to give to that? I'm not really even sure if I can, I'm saving for this thing. I'm saving for that thing, but to have some structure in the budget where I'm not just planning for the essentials, but I'm also planning for opportunities for generosity and joy yeah. just totally pops the pressure bubble of you doing it wrong or setting yourself yourself up for failure. Yeah. And it takes away like for us, you know, for anybody who just has all their money in one big bucket, you know, and they like groceries and paying for the kids stuff and giving and all this stuff is like in one big checking account. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we did that. And what happens is you get to the end of the month and then something comes up. It's like, oh, I'd love to give to that. I'd love to support that family because they're going through this hard time. It's like, well, yeah. but we got to buy groceries next week. And so, uh, you know, whatever. Right. But this was a game changer. And this made it so fun for us mm -hmm. because the beginning of the month, we're just setting it there. It's in its own account. Once it's in there, it's out of our hands. It's no longer yeah. ours. Yeah. And so yeah. we're looking for, it's like we're giving away someone else's money, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. so much easier and it's so much more fun. Well, if I see a need. We have a friend um, in town that she and her kids all got sick. She's got a brand new baby. Oh. And I was like, okay, she has older kids. I'm going to go buy mess free toys for the older kids that will keep them occupied and snacks that are mess free that they don't need to ask for help with. Yeah. So, so good. She can lay there with her newborn baby while her newborn baby is sick. And I didn't even ask Bob for permission. I didn't need to tell him like you didn't need to. Yeah. Right, yep. because there's money already there just allocated for that. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't like, why did you spend money on that? He was like, oh, awesome, great, thanks for doing that. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. was no, oh, well, I need to go to the hardware store and buy this thing next week, and now we yeah. don't have it. Like, right. none of those conversations happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, for anybody listening, Seven. like, this is, this is a game changer, game changer. Like, all the yeah. time. So, like, so if you want to have more fun giving, like, this simple thing, like, makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's four parts in the book. Mm -hmm. And the four parts are earn all you can, give all you can, oh wait, save all you can, can. earn all you, can, all you can, give all you can, and enjoy it all. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I know that you can't go into all of the details of this, but I, because when I, when I first was approaching freedom in my finances, it almost felt like the enjoy it all needed to be set aside for like 10 years so that I could just yeah. like have yeah. enough of a cushion to be able to justify enjoying it all. Or yeah. you see a lot of the advice out there of save, 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 save. You're never able to, you're never able to spend, you're never able to give, you know, and there, I know that there's some people who are listening to this, who it may not have been your um, unwise choices that have left you in a position of, wow. of yeah. uh, debt and a hardship. It could be medical issues. It could be life circumstances that you had no control over. And yet here you are buried under a pile of debt or a pile of, you know, pressure. And it's like, how in the world yep. do I dig my way out of this? And I, I know that the first and foremost encouragement for you guys is that it's not a process that you go about on your own. God is with you and he is yeah. for you and he is good yeah. and he cares about freedom mm -hmm. in this area. But if you could speak to this, because the simplicity and the richness of a life that's lived within these four parts, save, earn, give, enjoy, 
just totally pops the pressure bubble of it all to give us a structure for how to approach it. So could you elaborate on why all four of these pieces are so important for anybody when they're starting in their financial freedom journey? Yeah. So I think what you mentioned about enjoy is important. I think that's where we'll start with this because so many people uh, in the world is just banging this drum. Instagram is banging this drum nonstop that it's like, once you have this, then you can enjoy. But the fact is, is that's a moving goalpost. There is Mm. no point where once you get there, you know, and you know, we've had the fortune of having some big revenue years with our business and we've been on a roller coaster of up and downs and stuff like that. But, you know, we've had years where we've made way more money than I ever would have thought possible. Yeah. And you don't arrive, like you never arrive at this point where it's like, okay, well now I can just enjoy things. Like the the eyes (laughs) of a man are never satisfied according to Proverbs. And it's just so true. Mm -hmm. Um, And even Rockefeller, and I love this, like Rockefeller, probably one of the wealthiest people ever walked on this earth. A Mm -hmm. news reporter came up to him and said, John, how much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And, and so anyway, so that idea of being able to enjoy where we are is incredibly important, but yes, anyways, that's the fourth part of this whole thing. But we start with saving or, and I don't mean saving necessarily in terms of filling up a savings account, but really just reducing our expenses. And one of the chapters in the book is how do you spend more stuff or more money on the things you love? Like the yeah. goal isn't to just cut all the stuff you love, but actually spend more money on the things that are important to you. Yes. So we walk through that and how to do that, because that is so important. Like this shouldn't be a terrible process, but Mm -hmm. what this looks like is reducing our expenses, particularly in the things that aren't that important to us or the things that we don't even know we're wasting money on, which most people have a lot of them. And how do Mm -hmm. we make all of this stuff uh, as efficient as possible. That's my name of my game. Right. And, uh, you know, and just make it automated and make it simple to do, you know? Yeah. And so that's like the first part. It doesn't matter how much money you earn. If you don't have a system in place, you're going to blow it. Right. This is why Mike Tyson earned $400 million in seven years and then wound up not only blowing it all, but negative $23 million. Oh my gosh. Like there, there is no, if Ow. we don't have a system in place to handle the growth, Mm-hmm. then we're going to get in trouble. Like, and we have to do so that first. True. You know? So the next part, like we go into actually earning more and we talk about how to take your God-given gifts and talents, the things that he has put uniquely in you and use them to impact the world, but also to increase your earning power. Mm-hmm. And so we go into that because that's such an important thing because it's not just about, it's not about you. Like it's about impacting mm-hmm. the world around you with the gifts that he's given you. And when yes. we do that, like most times compensation follows, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's such an important thing. And then on the giving part, we talk about how to make giving more fun than you ever dreamed possible. And some of this is super practical stuff. Like we're talking about the seed account. Some mm-hmm. of it is mindset shifts and beliefs that need to change. Cause so many of us have these like limiting beliefs and terrible beliefs about money that we've picked up mm-hmm. from our parents on purpose or not, you know, from friends around us, broke friends, Right. Instagram influencers, the Kardashians, whoever, like, <laughs> you know, all these people that are influencing us are shaping our beliefs about money. Yeah. You know, like, absolutely. what does it look like to actually get some influence from the Bible on Amen. Uh, you know, our beliefs about money? And so mm-hmm. that is the way we can undo some of those terrible beliefs that we have. And I grew up like hating giving. I had no desire to do it, but now it's one of our favorite things to do in the world. Then, yeah, the fourth part is this enjoy thing. Like we can enjoy all, I believe we can enjoy all three parts of this. We can enjoy 
you know, spending wisely and efficiently, we can enjoy earning more money and not hating our jobs, you know, and we can also enjoy giving. And so that's what we're after. Yes. It's the shift from duty to delight that Mm. this is just another part of our lives where we get to encounter God, receive Mm. his wisdom and walk in the fullness of freedom because It's the reason why the church is still so bound in this area is they think that they can't serve God while also being free in their finances. It's almost like I got to go all in on sacrificing my gifting and all of my values on the altar in the name of earning more money, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I am just going to be poor and, and help people as best I can with the little bit that I have. And I love the way that you guys approach this. I had a couple key takeaways other than the seed account mentioned earlier and some other things I've already mentioned. You're like, remember at the end of the day, it's just money. <laughs> I was, I was told a friend yesterday, we, we went out on a walk and she was describing this transition where she was hearing the voice of God leading her to this new job that would require actually a financial cut. And she's like, it's mm. just a lot of praying and seeking wisdom from God. Cause I really want to be able to maintain this amount, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I really feel called like obedience would be here shifting to this yeah. other, other place, you know, and my response to her is I'm like, remember, it's just money. God could surprise you in a whole different, you know, other way. Yep. And when I look back on our life, whenever there was an increase in our financial world, it was always because God was meaning to reposition us or fund something during that period of time. It follows with a dip and I'm like, oh, I'm just such a loser and I should just be on a like permanent trajectory up to the sky. Uh, But the reality is I'm like the imaginary numbers on my computer screen that offer so much security and safety Mm. for me are just that imaginary numbers on a computer screen. They could be smaller numbers, bigger numbers. It doesn't change the worth of who I am as an individual or the faithfulness of God as I like obey and follow him one step at a time. He brings the provision, but Mm -hmm. that simple statement in the last couple of months since reading your book has given me a lot of peace of remembering. Remember, it's just money. One, One of the things I remember thinking asking this question is like, should I ever really pray for money? Because I mm. found myself like I'd be facing a need and I would, my default would be praying for money to solve that need. And I'm like, why am I limiting God by, you know, as if the only way that he can solve this problem or meet this need is with our man-made currency. Come it's on. Like, how all am I making God that this is the only way that he can solve this problem? But I think the point is, is that there's so many times where if we just go to God with our need, with our situation, like mm-hmm. hanging on Philippians 4, 19, just continuing to let that roll off our tongue that our yeah. God will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. Or the second mm-hmm. Corinthians 9, 8, he's going to provide an abundance for every good work. Like mm-hmm. when we are clinging to those verses and just um, standing on them in faith, mm-hmm. he's going to deliver it. And he's done this for us. And, you know, so many people we talk to like deliver in such unique packages where it's like, whoa, I would have never expected you to solve it that problem. It sets you up for way. surprise. Like, yeah. whoa, so much this fun. is an adventure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the second thing that really stood out that I immediately, when I read this part, I think it was actually in the earn all you can section when you're talking about 
using your gifts and you're talking about creative ideas to not just save, 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 but also open yourself up to believing that God could provide in bigger ways as you obediently walk forward and use the gifts that God's given you, which Mm -hmm. is so much of what we talk about here on the podcast, what I share in my own, my own course and work, work from worth, but I loved the fear setting exercise. Yeah. Could you explain what the fear exercise entailed? Cause the moment that I read it in the book, I was like, okay, pause. I have to do this right now because it was in this position, um, a couple of months ago where we were making some big decisions and I was like, getting stopped by fear without even realizing that it was fear. So explain how the fear setting exercise works. Yeah. So the gist of it, um, and so I didn't, you know, I didn't come up with this. This was actually something I found from Tim Ferriss wrote about, but the gist of it is you're taking, you're shining a flashlight on, uh, really whatever your biggest fear might be at the moment, whatever the thing is that you're afraid of. And so this can be something really big. I mean, so for me, I think the example we might've given in the book was, all right, should I, you know, because one of the things I go into this story is how I got laid off in 2008. And I felt like God was calling me to start a blog. Yeah, (laughs) which is sounds hilarious. No one even knew what blogs were at that point. But, (laughs) um, but I felt like that's where God was leading me. Mm -hmm. And and I kind of walked through like this exercise of all right, what happens, you know, and there's a couple different, a couple different sheets here involved of, you know, Mm -hmm. writing down what the situation looks like. Um, So all right, what happens if yeah, what's the worst case that can kind of happen? How long is it going to take me to repair it if yeah. worst case happens? And just like shining a light on that worst case scenario, like, because the problem is in the shadows, it seems so much bigger than it is, Right. you know? Right. And then the other important part here is to evaluate what is the best case scenario and just try start exploring that because when you can accurately see, mm-hmm. and, and you never know this, like black and white, like what's the best case scenario? Because honestly, God is so much more infinitely bigger Ephesians 320, like whatever mm-hmm. your best case scenario Amen. is, yeah. but still like getting that some frame of reference for that. Um, it's really powerful. And yeah. so you're able to kind of compare that of what could be versus, all right, what's the worst case scenario here that I'm now seeing in black and white. Um, it's like, all right, yeah, that isn't ideal, but it's not that big of a deal. And I could probably bounce back from it. I could probably totally. come back from it. What I like about it too, is that you say, okay, well, what is the, what's the cost of inaction? Yes. So if I do nothing, then what does my future look like if I don't take this risk? And to me, that's like really powerful. Because that's what most people do. Most people are facing a situation. If they can, I'm just going to do nothing, you know, for years and years and years, and then possibly regret it later on. But when you understand that those five years of inaction are actually tremendously costly, Mm -hmm. it just Mm -hmm. fuel to actually make a decision one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it just comes down to when you have a system and a plan set in place to evaluate these roadblocks in your mindset and these areas of your heart where you're not trusting God, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden on the other side of creating a budget and a plan, you have clarity and something to refer back to that provides peace in your home when you're talking about finances, because you're on the same page, you got a plan set in place, you're hearing each other, you're seeing each other. And as you're stepping out and taking a risk, it's not this contentious decision of what if everything falls apart, and we can't justify that we can't risk that instead, it's evaluating it, okay, what's the cost for doing it? What's the cost for not doing it? 
Mm-hmm. What, who is God causing me to become in the process? And what is he revealing to me about his character in this moment that makes an eternal impact on my everyday decision here and now? And when we're living in that place that Jesus has asked us to live, where he's proclaiming, even in the Lord's prayer, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This does not exclude our decisions for finances and what we do for work, but it's also right coupled there with the other statement. Give me today our daily bread. Mm -hmm. It's way less scary when I'm not approaching it to where am I going to be five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. I am not promised those years. I am here today. Give me today. What is the next step of obedience that I can take today? Yes. I'm creating a vision and a picture, you know, big picture, according to God's word, but my responsibility is just today. And God has given me the wisdom and the courage for this very moment. Yeah. 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 So good. As we close up, I just have a question for you guys. What is, what is filling you with passion and vision right now in this season? Like on the other side of writing something like this and knowing your guys' calling individually and together as a group, what is lighting you on fire with a hope as you watch people walk through this? Um, I'm really excited to see the body of Christ get in their place. Yeah. So uh, instead of being afraid of stuff like finances or trying to be someone else or, you know, I'm really excited for people to recognize what God is asking them to do. Yeah. Use their finances to either fund it or make it possible for them to do it themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, if you, if you want to start an, an orphanage in Africa, you either need to fund that or you need to go do it yourself type of thing. Right. But just to get in our spot so that when we are in our spot, we can affect the people around us and we can bring change to the people around us. Yeah. So th- for me, that's like my big motivator for this is I'm, I'm just sick of people just in debt up to their eyeballs and they see someone who has a need and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, love it. And it's like, yeah. you know, I don't mean to be so like rough about it, but it's like, but you didn't have to spend that. I, this is because I, I needed to he- tell this to myself. You didn't mm-hmm. have to spend that money on Starbucks. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You didn't have to spend that money on that pair of shoes. You could have done something about this thing that God's already put on your heart and that you right. already knew, but instead you chose to use it on yourself. And that's what I've done that for so long. And as I've, you know, I'm still in process, honestly, like I miss it sometimes, but Every time I say yes and move in that direction, I notice a few things. One, the things that I, in my head, fleshly, I guess I should say, care about, mm-hmm. get taken care of. Yeah. I have so much more joy than I think, and I'm moving closer towards God. Yeah. It just works out so much better. Like it, it feels like something that's going to hold you back and it actually just propels you forward so much faster, yeah. Yeah. which at the end of the day, that is the definition of a rich life. Despite what number you have in your bank account, when you log in and look at those little imaginary numbers on the screen that gives you so much happiness and joy or sorrow that right there. Yeah. yeah is the definition of a rich life. Yeah. I know that this is a finance book, but it's just about so much more than just our finances. Amen. 
Like it's just, this is just one of those things that needs to get in line and be submitted under the name of Jesus. The amount of averageness that I (laughs) was or felt or, you know, and still am just like, uh, People Tori where we us. come she from. She knows how average we are. Like, I'm not laughing because from, I'm a green. God has done in our life in terms of like the, what we've been able to give and the impact we've been able to make. Like it's, I never in a million years would have thought it was possible. Like coming yeah. from someone like me. It just doesn't yeah. make, make sense. And my, the reason yeah. I'm saying that is for because I was in a season for so long where I felt trapped financially. I felt like I'm never going to be able to get ahead. It's always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage anyone listening who feels like that, that it doesn't have to be, that God is bigger than that. And Amen. even if it's been this way for 20 years, like it doesn't have to stay that way. And on top of that, not only can God do two times as much as you think, he can do a hundred times as much as you think. Amen. We experienced some of that. And so I'm just saying that from a place of experience that God wants to do so much more. And one of the things I'm really passionate about, like I, like, I just want to, you know, adding to what Linda's saying here, it's like, I want to see more million dollar givers. That's what I want. I want to see more people in the church who are rising up and doing, take, really taking a lot of the steps that we're trying to teach and mm-hmm. get to that point where they're giving away millions of dollars mm-hmm. um, to whatever those things are that God has put on their heart. And so maybe that is op- opening an orphanage. Maybe that is right. retiring early so that you can go on mission trips constantly or whatever the thing might be, like, because God has different things on all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. But I just want us to use our finances to empower us to do those things that he called us to do. Yeah. Amen. Thank you guys for sharing your hearts and your story. And thank you for the perseverance that it took to write this book and to create all of the resources that you're creating for the body of Christ. It's beautiful. And you're so needed and such an essential role in the greater body. Um, Could you tell us where can we find you? Where can we buy the book? How can we connect with you for those who are listening? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the book's just called Simple Money Rich Life. You should be able to find it anywhere. Uh, so yeah, we're podcasters as well. Seed Time Money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're on Instagram at Seed Time. Come say hi. Send us a DM. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Love you both. Thanks, Tori. Thanks, Tori. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have a second, leave a review or post a comment here on the podcast page. It helps this podcast to be seen by other people so we can spread this message far and wide. I cannot wait until next week and I'll talk to you soon.